You're listening to Seaside Book Club Discussions, bringing you the authors and their work. Come sit with host Donasia Furlow to discover and discuss. Hello, hello. Welcome to Seaside Book Club Discussions, Episode 6. We have with us today Misha Turner, author of the Love Shouldn't Hurt series. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's definitely exciting to finally be able to sit down and talk. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am a mother of two from Chicago, residing in Minnesota. Um, I work full-time, right full-time, so I have no time for anything else. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, it's like I have to basically make time, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what is your writing space like if you have to carve out that space for you to be able to to give to your craft? I work. I work. Like I said, I work a full-time job. And I yeah. also um, write full-time. And I I make the time at work to write. So I work and write at the same time. Yes. So I make money for someone else, you know, I, wow. well, I do a job for someone else no, of course. while making money for myself. So right. the dedication is, it, it always comes from you. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? You have to, Definitely. you have to put that dedication in and I do it 24 seven. So you have created that space and time in order to follow your dreams and just move forward within your craft. Yeah. That is amazing. Yep. Have you always wanted to be a writer? No. <laughs> oh, wow. No. What was your first calling or when did you decide, you know, hey, this is what I'm going to do? Um, two years ago, actually, um, I entered a contest right. on Facebook and just to see if I could do it. I mean... Yes. I know that I've been writing since I was 16, but right. I never, it was only basically for friends and family. I'll let my friends and family read what I write, but I never did anything with it. And I, wow. I saw this contest on Facebook. I had to write a short story and I wrote it and it ended up yeah. being in um, an anthology for lockdown wow. publications. So I have wow. two short stories that um, was published um, under the company that I'm with now. Wow. So pretty much, that is amazing. So that was just like a random contest you got and that, yeah. you know, you got into it and then here you are. <laughs> yeah, it was random. You know. It was pretty random. It was, it was like, I saw it and I was like, man, can I do this? You know? <laughs> and I just went along with it and it got chosen. So, right. yeah. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about the Love Shouldn't Hurt series? I know there's so much to it, like we were talking before about it. But even if you can give us just a little brief synopsis of at least the first book. Um, well, um, Love Shouldn't Hurt, I'm going to tell you about it as a whole. Um, the series itself is a four-part series. Um, yes. It's a completed series. And it's about a young girl named Kami. Um, she lives in the inner city of Chicago and her mother kind of like has that nasty, don't like you vibe, you know, right. because of the things that her father did 
in right. their relationship. So she was base. She's basically, um, shall I say, um, being hated by her mom because right. the relationship with her mother and father did not work. That's you know? also common. Yeah, it is. It is a common, um, you know, something that people can relate to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And with this series, I, 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 I basically ventured off and combined so many elements of, you know, events that happens every day, everyday events or everyday things that happens with relationships, household, you know, things that happen in the household. Right. You know, and it's like the mother-daughter relationship, uh, the father not being allowed to see the child, you know, And uh, it it touches bases on infidelity, domestic right. violence, health issues, bringing awareness of the importance of going to the hospital, you know, yes. going to the doctor regularly, and ignoring signs of illness and drug abuse. That is deep, basically. Yeah, that so is definitely deep. With this, with this, um, with this series, um, it didn't start out the way that I wanted it to. Right. And um, it ended up going in a different direction than what I originally wanted it to do. Yeah. And um, sorry. Um, no and originally, you know, what originally what I wanted to do, what I wanted it to be, it the character started talking to me and took it into a whole different direction. Wow. And so I put it a um, made an objective to uh, capture the audience yeah. um, of emotions alone. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I wanted um, to just no gun violence or, yep. you know, have it um, based on based on, you know, drugs and, yes. you know, just like drugs itself. You know, it, yeah. I mean, the occupation that some of the characters have is yeah. drug related, but that's not the basis of the story. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I, I captured the emotions and that's what I was looking for. And I, I, I think I nailed it. A lot of people told me <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. But, hey, that's how, it, you know, that's how it went down. No, of course. I mean, you tried to make it, you know, as real and complex yes. as possible and to tell uh-huh. that story, especially if these are things that you are seeing in your everyday life, stories that you have heard right? and uh, putting out a voice to people who feel voiceless. Yeah. And that is an amazing feat. It is. Now, and you- with, right. with uh, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but no with, problem. with book four, it took me almost two and a half months, almost three months to complete book four. Um, wow. Because um, um, the character in that book, Poetry, had um, an illness that she didn't know anything about. She had right. an aneurysm. Wow. And I had um, a friend that I called my little cousin. Yes. Because, you know, we grew up together. She died of an aneurysm while I was writing this book. 
Wow. And so I wanted to change that part. And I couldn't move forward with the book. Yes. And I had already had the book planned out and everything I had written it. I had to change the whole book around. Right, right. You know, in order to do what I wanted to do, to feel comfortable with writing that story. So you so had with, memorialized your friend within the pages of that book. I did. I did. Yeah. You know, but it was it was already set. Right to happen that way, and yeah. it kind of made it harder for me to finish it, yes, because of the real life events that took place, yeah. But I had to will myself to finish that book, and I did without you know, basically, my end result of that was to the character was supposed to die. Right. But I had to change the whole dynamics so that she wouldn't. Right. Right. You know, so, yeah. That is very, very personal that you have, you know, put onto the page. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these are real things that are happening around you and affecting you in real time. Right. You know. hmm that is amazing. So you mentioned Kami, um, at least in the beginning of the book, being the main character who is yes. having that toxic mother-daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what advice would you give to Kami? <laughs> what advice did I? <laughs> uh, yeah. What advice did I give her while writing this or, book? Or would yeah. you give her? Like, no, I gave her advice <laughs> in this book. <laughs> So you spoke to this character. I did. So what advice I mean, did you give her? Man, I um the advice that I gave her yeah was to never give up. Right. You know, keep striving and basically let her, I let her know that um she didn't have to be a product of her environment. Wow. You know what now I'm saying? Now you speak about Kami like she is a living breathing person. Kami is me. For you. Oh, Kami wow. is me. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And not in all aspects. Right. You know what I'm saying? But right. in a lot of ways, Kami is Misha. Right. You know, I just put a I just put a spin on the story. Right. You know, so I was Kami. I didn't yeah. I didn't achieve as much as Kami did, right. but at the same time. You know, oh, it's coming. Of... We're manifesting it. <laughs> Speaking, baby. Um, right. But at the same time, you know, Kami is Misha. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. So on the flip side, it seems like this has been very therapeutic for you to write this out and flesh it... out a character that mirrored you so much. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a hard series to write. Right. You know, with... Um, a lot of the elements of the story is, like I said, things that you see every day in everyday yes. life. And then you take a little bit of what you've been through and, you know, implement that into the story. You can't go wrong. Right. That's understandable. But in the way of, uh, I'd say, being therapeutic, now, 
there's a whole thing where you don't necessarily have to have sympathy for, you know, the villain of the story. But as you get older and your life becomes more complex, you start thinking about what could have uh, been reasons as to why that person became that way, became hateful, became angry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, as much as um, you have fleshed out the character, the mom in the story, which I believe her name, you know, is that the mother to Kami who was verbally abusive to her. Verbally, you know? physically, mentally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All of that. And what and, advice, what would you say to her? You know? Um, as far as that, I tried to talk to that so much. I promise you. I tried to talk to that and that doesn't listen. Right. But that, the advice for her will basically be to learn how to love your daughter. Because the love that you give to your daughter eventually leads to other people treating her the same way and she accepts it. Because basically... That's all she knew. You know what I'm saying? And for her mom to treat her that way, she didn't see anything wrong, you know, when someone else was treating her that way as well. Right, right. So it became a norm for her. So with that, it was basically to love your daughter and to love yourself. And that it's never too late to start over. Regardless of how old you are, it's never too late to start over. That is a word. Wow. Wow, wow. Yep. I understand that. It took you four books to to put these characters to bed in a way that you feel it you did. know, rest of that story down for you. I promise you it did because this was only supposed to be a three-part series. Yeah. And it ended up going into a full four books. And I do mean a full four books. Wow. And I didn't leave anything out. Didn't leave anything left untold. I I locked it up. I closed it. And yeah. I if if it would have went further, it would have been a book five. But no, I closed it in four. Yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. So now I am definitely interested in hearing a little bit, you know, of this book, or at least you know, introducing some of your words to the listeners. Uh, Do you, would you like to? Do you have anything prepared? We'd love to hear some of these words from you, from the Love Shouldn't Hurt series. Ah, yeah, I I can do that. Okay. I, um, yeah, I'll I'll tell you, I'll I'll read a little bit. (laughs) No problem. So I am ready for you to start the scene and begin doing your thing. Alrighty, so I'm going to read chapter one from Love Shouldn't Hurt, part one. Um, Alright. Graduating high school was something that I had never... Oops, I'm sorry. Graduating high school was something that I had been waiting for all my life. It was the final step to getting from under my my mama's roof. I grew up in the Cabrini Green Projects on the northwest side of Chicago. I was the only child of Dorothy Morrison, but everyone called her Dot. Dot was 35, but the way she acted, 
you think she was younger. She partied harder than most of the women that were in their 20s. She lived her life as if she didn't have a child to care for. In fact, I was the last person on her things to worry about list. You would think being an only child would be a dream come true. Nope. It was hell for me. I couldn't recall when I started to notice the way Dot treated me, but I do know when it got worse. I couldn't tell anyone what a mother's love felt like because I never experienced it. I remember all the nights that I had stayed home alone because she was out having fun. She didn't know what was going on in her house, and obviously she didn't care. It was a good thing that I wasn't the type of child that wanted to know what it was like to be out in the streets. Dot cared more about alcohol and the men that came and went in her life than she cared about me. She called all them niggas by name, but called me bitch. They could lay up in our two-bedroom apartment without paying a dime, but dished out plenty of dick and got mad respect in return. Me, on the other hand, had to pay $300 a month, even though she only paid $150 for rent. And I got her ass to I, and I got her ass to kiss for contributions. I was the only one that kept our apartment clean because she was always too busy entertaining stray dudes to care if it was clean or not. If I didn't keep things tidy, our place would look like many of the other apartments in this neighborhood. Dirty, with lots of unwanted pets that I was, wasn't fond of. Cooking was something that I learned to do on my own at the age of six. It was either learn to fend for myself or starve. And I wasn't about to go without eating. One thing I could say was, there was always food in the house. She had to buy groceries since she cooked all her dudes something to eat when they rolled through. At times, I felt like I was the mother of the household. I paid the bills and didn't get any respect around that motherfucker. Not to mention how she demanded things of me like she was my evil stepmother instead of the woman that birthed me. The things that came out of Dot's mouth when she referred to me, all types of thoughts ran through thoughts ran through my head. If I didn't have a copy of my birth certificate stating who my mother was, I would have sworn I was adopted. But unfortunately, I wasn't. It was 12 o'clock in the afternoon when I turned over to look at the time on my phone. I stretched my body like a feline, popping every joint from my neck to my toes. The sound of slippers dragging across the floor could be heard in the hall. Let the bullshit begin, I said to myself. My door opened without warning, slamming into the wall. The impact of the knob banging into the wall caused a golf-sized dent. Standing in the doorway with a barely there nightgown on was no was none other than my mammy. The rims of her eyes were still red from all the partying she'd done, she done the night before with her friends. So I knew she was in rare form. Get the fuck up, bitch. I told you two weeks ago that you would not be in here sleeping all damn day. Don't you, have to, don't you have to work today? I stared at her and didn't say a word. If I were to say something, it wouldn't be anything nice. Wasn't the same, I wasn't the same kid that she would hit, pinch, punch, or push down back in the day. I was trying not to be the woman that whooped her ass for old and new. Even though she didn't have an ounce of respect for me, I respected her because she was still my mama. I know your ass hear me talking to you. Now answer me when I ask you a question, bitch. I don't have to work today. I have the next two days off, I replied while pulling the covers up to my shoulders. 
Every day she came in my room to start an argument with me. It never failed. She had reason behind every rant. I wonder what she was up to on this day, but I'm not sure I didn't have long. But I was sure I didn't have long to find out. You ain't got to work, but you got to get the hell up out of here. You won't. You won't be laying up all motherfucking day, so get the fuck up and find something to do with your life. Chuckling, I threw the covers back and swung my legs out of bed. I shook my head back and forth with my bottom lip between my teeth. I was fighting the urge to curse her out, but I had to remember she was my mother. Say what the fuck you gotta say, bitch. I dare you to say something disrespectful. So you can give me a reason to kick your ass. She said through clenched teeth. I released my bottom lip from my teeth and looked her in the face. It took me a few seconds to get thoughts together as well as calm myself down. There were so many things I wanted to ask, but I didn't want a confrontation with her. I decided to ask a simple question to see how she would react. Why do you hate me so much? Don't question me about shit, bitch. I don't hate you. I just can't stand your ass. When she said that, I wanted to slap her badly. She didn't have a reason to feel the way that way about me. I did everything that I was told to do. Never talked back, went to school every day without complaining. What more does she want from me? No, I have the right to question you about the things that you have done and said to me. I've been walking around you my whole life on eggshells. I have, been, I, I have been the ideal child that anyone would have loved to have. I have never been in trouble in any way, and I obey all the rules that you bestowed up upon me. I've never even questioned anything you said until now. I get recognition from all my accomplishments from everyone but you. I graduated two weeks ago and received the highest honor in my graduating class. But my own mama was not in the building to congratulate me. What parent doesn't want to see their child succeed? She stood in the doorway glaring at me as if I cursed her out. The veins protruding from her forehead and her eyebrows were damn near touching. Pulling a Newport cigarette from her breast along with the lighter, she placed it to her lips. That shit didn't mean a damn thing to me, she said after blowing the smoke out of her mouth. What the fuck was I congratulating you for? I didn't graduate high school, so it was nothing to me. It's not like you're going to college anyway. You ain't got, you ain't going to be shit like me. Your ass will be right here living in a project and having babies like all the rest of the hoes around here. Is that what your attitude's about? Me not going to your graduation and you not going to college? She asked laughing. I couldn't believe she opened her mouth and let those words spew out. Then again, this was Dot I was talking about. She was low-key jealous because I thrived without her help. I accomplished way more than she ever did, and I was only 17. Graduating wasn't in her plans for me, and succeeding was something I was never supposed to do. The shit was sad, and I was beyond livid because the truth had come out, at least some of it. Let me get this straight. You didn't support me throughout my life because of what you didn't do back in the day as a parent. You are supposed to want your child to be better than you, not tear him down. That's the most selfish shit I ever heard in my life. I didn't mean to curse, but I was mad. Slap. My head whipped to the side, leaving my face stinging. 
Tears welled up in my eyes, but refused, I refused to let them fall. As I focused on the photo of my best friend, Poetry, and I that hung on the wall, I took a deep breath and turned my head to give her my undivided attention. I was far from done speaking my piece. The answers to all my questions would be answered. She owed me that much. Putting your hands on me is not going to stop me from saying what I have to say, Dot. I will not be like the other girls around here that I don't want to do anything with that, that don't want to do anything with their lives. I didn't work my ass off in school to stop at a high school diploma. I want more for myself. And being a statistic on welfare, living in the projects is not one of my goals. As far as college goes, what makes you think I'm not going? I couldn't wait to hear what her rebuttal would be for that. I hadn't gotten one acceptance letter, but I knew I had applied to many colleges. With the grades I had throughout school, there was no way not one college wanted me at their school. How many college letters have you got? There hasn't been one piece of mail that has come here for you. That's how I know your ass ain't going nowhere. The way it's looking, you wasn't working too hard in school. I don't know how the hell you were going to pay for it anyway. I don't like, I do, do I look like I have money to put you through school? Her response made me chuckle. See, that the thing about that is this. I haven't received any responses at this address. I said, pointing to the floor. I put in so many college applications and I haven't seen one response. Not because they didn't come, but, be, but because you never gave them to me. It's ironic that one, the one school that I wanted to attend accepted me. When I called to inquire about my ac- application, they told me I called just in time because my deadline was three days away. I explained to them that I never received the letter. Oh, how wrong was I? They told me the address that they sent it to and when. You didn't give it to me. But don't worry. I straightened it out. Yeah, I got the damn letters. I can't afford to send you to college. I'm not about to go broke trying to put you through school. I haven't asked you to do a damn thing for me. If I had to depend on you to do any fucking thing for me, I'd be waiting. You don't care about me. You never have. I've had to fend for myself almost my whole life. I got myself where I am today. Not Dorothy Morrison. Me, Kami Shanice Morrison. So fuck all that shit you talking right now. I'm going to make sure I'm good like I've been doing. Don't ever disrespect me like that. Who the fuck do you think you are cursing in my damn house, let alone at me? You must be out of your mind, bitch. You may as well get your fist ready because I'm not about to, I'm about to say everything that's on my mind. You had my life panned for failure, but since overcoming every obstacle thus far, you didn't, you still won't support me. You have me out here pegged to be a baby mama, and I'm not even sexually active. It hurts me to the core that I don't have the backing of the one parent that matters, my mother. But just to let you know, I don't need your support. I'll be okay. And speaking my mind is being disrespectful. Oh, well. You've been disrespecting me every day of my life, but my truth made you feel some type of way. I was so mad that I was shaking. I couldn't believe the things that she said. Then for her to smack me like I was in the room, I had to get out of the house before I punched her ass. Raising up from the bed, I went to my closet to choose an outfit for the day. All the while, my mom was still standing in the doorway watching me. Just because you graduated from high school doesn't mean that you are grown. Now back to some of the shit that you touched on in your little speech. 
I highly doubt your ass is a virgin. So you can save that for somebody that don't know any better. You ain't never in this house. So I know you be laid up somewhere. When I'm not here, I'm at work. When I'm not at work, I'm at school. But you don't have to worry about where I'm at when I'm not here. I'd rather be anywhere other than this house any day. I said taking a pair of white denim shorts off the hanger before throwing them on the bed. I chose the pink shirt that had the word beautiful across the chest and tossed that on top of my shorts. Dot was still standing there watching me. I wish she would go sit down somewhere. I was done going back and forth with her. When you come home, when you come home tonight, I want my rent money. If you don't have it, you better do whatever it takes to get it. And I do mean everything. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. That is deep. That is definitely a story that drew me right in. Yeah. Wow. And it's a lot of dots in the world. It's a lot of dots in the world. You're very, very, very right. And yep. the scary part is that a lot of these people are our friends and co-workers. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what they what their kids are going through. Or what, right. have or what they have gone through. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Hurt people hurt people all the time. Yep. Wow. So I am sure after having heard this excerpt that, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to know, you know, where can readers purchase the books? The books can be purchased on Amazon. Yeah. Um, in ebooks and paperbacks. Okay. And you can also go to www.lockdownpublications.com to get paperbacks as well. All right. Okay. And are you working on anything else right now? I just finished Renegade Boys 4. Wow. So that will be coming out soon. And I'm halfway finished with a new project that um that'll be coming soon as well and i'm not gonna disclose the title (laughs) i don't even have a cover yet so (laughs) yeah once i once i um get a cover get it sealed um i'll reveal that um title but it's a book that's full of drama yeah you know Mm -hmm relationship stuff you know the messy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah messy is good for a story messy is good messy you know, is always we got, good we have mess we have mess it's nice to read about other people's mess for a while yes messy is always good i know right, right. <laughs> okay so do you have any upcoming book signings or events where you know fans can catch you at actually right now no um, I have some planned for next year. Okay. Um, the Atlantic hit back and, you know, that one's for sure. Nice. Um, and then um, I think it's one, the Mississippi Expo. Right. Um, that's coming up next yeah. year as well. But as far as the rest of this year, no. I don't have you can keep us posted as soon as, you know, 2020 is going to be a big one. We're going to see you touring around doing your thing. Yeah, I'll definitely keep you posted. 
Yeah. And until then, are you on any other social media platforms besides Facebook where fans can interact with you? I am. Um, I'm on Twitter. Okay. Um, Atamisha. Okay. Um, A-U-T-H-O-R-M-E-E-S-H-A. Yes. And I'm on Instagram as well. Right. And my Instagram is author underscore Misha. Okay, so we'll know where to find you on Twitter, Facebook, as well as Instagram, uh, yes. sharing your work and letting us know, you know, what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank you so, so very much for taking the time out to talk with me today to uh, have some of your fans, you know, figure out what's going on with you next, as well as introducing you to new fans, you know, and mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. listeners. Well, thank oh. you for having me. Thanks for seeking me out. I, I felt <laughs> very privileged. Like I was like, wow, somebody came looking for a little bitty old yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, your work precedes you. Definitely. Hey, I appreciate it. No no problem. Thank you so much. This is Danisha Furler from Seaside Book Club. Discussion, signing off. Keep reading, listeners.